Hi, I'm Mary and welcome to the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. Today we will be having our first Bachelor in Paradise recap. We will be recapping episodes one and two and we will be talking about our opinions and all the new couples that are forming. We'll be talking about irrelevant people trying to stay relevant and we will be doing a deep dive into how to handle the Bachelor in Paradise scandal because we got a lot of thoughts about that. I'm joined by my good friend, Caitlin Nielsen today. She is so hilarious. So I'm so glad that she was able to make it and be on the podcast with us. So it should be a good one. So stay tuned. All right, so I'm so excited. Today I have my friend, my neighbor, my internet friend, <laughs> Caitlin Nielsen here with me today to recap the first two episodes of Bachelor in Paradise. And Caitlin, I'm so excited that you're here. I am so excited to be here. We've literally like met online before we ever met each other in person. So, Which is how so many of my friendships go. <laughs> I am a child of the internet. But this is like a real one. Like this is like a real like internet friendship. So I guess like background, what happened was I was living in Provo. I was living in Utah. Caitlin lived in Las Vegas and me and her are on the same like Facebook mommy group. One of many that I'm on. I need to make like a whole separate podcast episode about mommy groups because I have a lot to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like I knew that I was going to be moving to Las Vegas and I was trying to look for an area to like move to I wrote it on the Facebook page Caitlin who was like the queen of that Facebook page you're like an admin now but like back back then you were like the queen of the page like without being an admin I guess so and Caitlin wrote on there like I live there let me give you all this cool information and I'm like whoa thanks girl and like I was so honored that the queen of LDS Mamas United (laughs) bestowed upon me her knowledge of Las Vegas Nevada and then I, like, took her suggestions, and then I, we, like, got a house here, and then I wrote her, I was like, hey, I'm moving into this ward in this area, and she's like, you just moved, like, two blocks away from me. Yeah, we, like, legitimately lived down the street from each other. Because I wanted to be friends with the queen of LDS Mamas United so bad, where I was like, I'll get a house right by her house, like, that's normal, that's fine. And just so cool. That's so cool. that's definitely it. But yeah, so Caitlin is the first person that I have in studio. And by in studio, I mean inside my little home office. In studio with me recording the podcast. She's the first person that's I've like recorded with face-to-face in so long, except for Alex. But like, does my husband count? He counts for some things, but like for like legitimate podcast guests, not really. I would say he counts for like brownie points for him. I do love him more when he doesn't. Right, <laughs> exactly. He like he definitely earns points. But um yeah, so I'm so excited that Caitlin is here because we have so much to go over. We were like texting each other throughout the episode. So I'm so glad that it worked out for her to come here tonight. But yeah, we have so much to freaking go over. So I guess we should just like jump right in. I gotta say right off the bat, I've been like vocal about this in the past, I think. Bachelor in Paradise is my favorite um, show of the franchise. Like, it's my favorite part of the franchise. It's my favorite part of the franchise, too. Because they don't take themselves seriously. It's, like, super fun. And, like, although all that stuff happened this season, I still feel like they, like, made it as lighthearted as possible. Maybe even too lighthearted at some points. But it's, like, it's such a fun watch. And I, like, I get so excited. Except for, like, when the dramatic parts were happening, at least on Monday... I was, like, nonstop smiles at the TV while I was watching it. I was very dorky, just, like, smiling, just, like, so excited. 
that we had another read it in your messages that i was so enthused (laughs) i was like writing like a mile a minute like here's all my commentary and caitlin's like please just let me watch this in peace all i wanted to say was robbie's hair is ridiculous i did not need a novel from you mary holy guyliner like holy guyliner we will get to that you said that he didn't have eyeliner at first i was trying to convince you that you that he had eyeliner i saw it in the beach like when they went down to the beach finally i was like oh my gosh robbie is ridiculous i do not think that he's attractive like one ounce but we'll get to him all right so i guess we'll just hop in so the episode of night one and by the way let me just say as a huge bachelor fan like i am clearly a huge bachelor fan but as a huge bachelor fan four hours of bachelor is too much for me like i can't take it not only do i have things to do like my brain just can't take it and they give us so much to consume like I don't know, when I was trying to, like, gather all my thoughts for the recap, and I was, like, looking over my notes, I was like, uh, these are all blending together, this is too much content, it's, it's crazy. This week was a lot to take in, Mm -hmm. like, there was just so much to take in, and I feel like, I actually had to break it up, I was able to sit down and watch Monday all together, but then I had to break up the remaining two hours just across through the rest of this day that's honestly probably the better way to do it because i woke up this morning and i watched all of it and i was just like it leaves you just exhausted and just like the emotional whiplash that they gave us today of carly or last night of carly and evan's wedding and then sexual assault allegations like in like this weird after school special where they talked about like consent and rape rape I guess they did talk about rape, consent, and race, (laughs) and all that stuff. It's just, like, emotional whiplash. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be, like, so happy, and then, whoa, what? But, all right, so, episode one, night one of season four of Bachelor in Paradise begins with Chris Harrison on the beach. That, like, I understand why they had to do it, but why did they have to film him from, like, 15 feet away? Like... (laughs) He's short enough as it is. Like, they, I feel like they were trying to convince us that, like, Chris Harrison was just walking along the beach, like, oh, didn't see you there. Like a Mr. Rogers type thing, like, where it's just, like, he's just going about his day, he's just on the beach, like, hanging out, and he's like, here's the scandal. Here's what we're going to do. Like, I think they were already trying to, like, prepare us to try and be more comfortable with what was to come. They had to, they had to do it, like... Here's the deal. There's been so much, like, criticism of how they handled it. How should they have handled it, you know? It's just a sucky situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no way f- – there was no right way for them to do it. Like, if they just ignored it, that would have been horrible. If they exploited it more than they did, that would have been horrible. Like, it, there was going to be, like, no winners. But it's just – it's just uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Well, when you say, like, Mr. Rogers, like, they totally played off of the psychology of our generation doing it that way, because if you think of how many shows started in the 90s like that, there's so many, like, oh, didn't see you there sort of thing. Yeah. And so, like, even I'm, like, acknowledging this as if I was, like, watching TV in the 90s. I was born in 95, Caitlin. I was born in 92. Okay, maybe it was, like, the 2000s. I don't know. We're not very old. (laughs) I was watching some TV in 95, but it was not... But it was Mr. Rogers and, like, stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. But but it's really, it was like they were just trying to prepare us already, making us feel nostalgic almost about a certain thing before they, like, threw all of this drama at us. 
It was real weird. That's all I got to say. It was real weird. But, yeah, so Chris Harrison, Chris Harrison is, like, he gives his little spiel. And then there were so many, like, poor emotional contrasts to the show where, again, I don't know how they could have better handled it. I just wish that none of it had to happen. But it was just such, like, a weird whiplash, again, of... Like Chris Harrison being serious. All right, now it's time for the Bachelor in Paradise intros. Here's Raven blowing a kiss. Here's Dean hopping out of a pool and like blowing something out, like a little right. fountain. Like, it's weird. But did you have any thoughts about the intros? Um, I think it's pretty typical Bachelor in Paradise. Ultra cheesy. Honestly, to me, they just they're get like my favorite. Better every single year. They're so like, good. A couple things I wanted to point out. So I've been saying this for a while. Raven is definitely the new darling of the franchise. Mm -hmm. She's definitely like the new Amanda. And I'll get to Amanda in a second. But she's like definitely like the new darling. And you could tell even how they gave her like the little kiss intro that Amanda had like last season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that like kind of like stuck out to me. And the way that they had her kind of be the most vocal one in that little um, powwow that they had in episode two. You could tell that, like, they're kind of poising her. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw her be the Bachelorette someday. Like, I honestly wouldn't be shocked either. I feel like, and I know that you and I were discussing this mm-hmm. in the chat yesterday, but I feel like there's some serious grooming going on Yeah. for a couple people. And I'm kind of excited about that because, I don't know, I have words for the people who are our options now currently, but they don't have to be our options. But. Yeah. I honestly, it could be... I couldn't think of anybody that I would be mad about seeing as The Bachelor, to be honest. I think Eric would be so great. I think Dean would be great. I think Peter would be great. A little boring, but he's handsome, so I think he'd be great. And I want to save this for later, but Wells would also be, like, the ultimate. Like, Wells would be, like... Caitlin is giving me, like, flirty eyebrows right now, and I know that she's talking about Wells, but I'm taking it as a personal come-on from her. Exactly. Um... And I'm fine with that. Flirty eyebrows from the queen. <laughs> <laughs> from the queen of LDS Mamas United. Um, anyway, so back to intros. Um, we see Amanda kind of running away from the pizza, which was like a funny little like aside to Josh. What else do we see? We saw um, Christina. It took me a while to understand Christina's. I'm like, why is it like all like America? And she's like fake eating a cheeseburger and the stuff, and then I realized, like, oh, it's because her whole arc was, like, America is my, like, beautiful story. I love America. Right. La, She's, la. like, Russian. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was cute. Um, something very telling was Corinne did not have a cute little intro. They just showed a little video of her at the bar, and that's because they did film the boy intros already. Um, that's why DeMario had one. Mm-hmm. But they didn't film the girl ones. They were supposed to film the girl ones the day after production was supposed to shut down so they didn't have one of corinne um but yeah anything else to add about intros i think the intros are great although honestly my favorite intro of all time is like lace's intro oh falling off off the the glasses hands down that's always gonna be my favorite intro i think that was a very funny one i can't remember who else there were a couple people where i wish that they had done different things but i can't recall um anyway so paradise opens up we get raven on the beach first 
another parallel to Amanda. Amanda was on the beach first in Bachelor in Paradise season three. Um, and then we get Dean, which I'm surprised that they didn't try to make Dean and Raven a thing, like two darlings of the show. Yeah, I mean, they really definitely could have tried to do that more, but mm-hmm. I just don't think, like, the vibe was there between the two of them. Like, if you think about Dean's background and everything, like, the storyline just isn't there for the two of them. I don't know how else to further explain that other than it just... I gotta say, I am personally just shocked that they even let Dean go on Bachelor in Paradise. Yes, he's, like, so great and everything, but I could already tell that they're not being true with the editing with him and everything because they're trying to keep us, like, in his good graces. I will admit, I did read some reality Steve spoilers for bachelor in paradise before they started refilming again because i thought the production was shut down so i'm like okay well what happened like i want to know like who like started dating and whatnot um and it looked like according to the spoilers that dean and christina had like this huge blowout and it was like this big horrible thing but like we didn't really see much of that um night two so you can tell that they're already kind of putting editing in his favor. Um, anyway, and then Danielle Maltby comes back, who I loved during Nick's season, but I don't think I like her that much anymore. I think she's I'm not been really kind of annoyed. Um, but she's so pretty, though. She's so pretty. Oh my that's goodness. probably why she's back, providing some eye candy. Yeah, I, I don't know. She's a mega babe. Christina comes in. Like, I don't really have to give a play-by-play of, like, who walks in and when. Except for when it comes time for Demario to come in, we get like a little behind the scenes with like Raven and all the cast and stuff. And Raven's like, I don't want Demario to come. Demario had a girlfriend when he came to the Bachelorette and la 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 la. She knows dang well that like four or five of her friends went to Bachelor in Paradise with a boyfriend. Alexis had a boyfriend when she went. Astrid, Whitney... Um, who will be coming later, um, and Corinne. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody else that came down there with a boyfriend, too. So I thought that it was very ironic that Raven was like, you went on a show with a girlfriend. That's a horrible accent. I'm sorry <laughs> that I just did that heinous accent. Every sounded just like Raven. I am America's sweetheart. Um, anyway, so Demario, like, saves space a little bit kind of works he was very wise to like pick raven to have that conversation with because he was like she's a queen bee much like caitlin is a queen bee of lds mamas <laughs> united raven is a queen bee of bachelor in paradise season four y'all can't see um, me but i'm doing a hair flip she's doing a hair flip caitlin just side note caitlin is wearing a fabulous wig tonight i should probably tell them i'm black just so you know ahead of time they're gonna listen to this podcast with brand new eyes brand new ears they really might i don't know but i feel like i should disclose that ahead of time because i know that i don't sound black because my parents are white but i still have the black perspective so the wig thing is like i'm not just like white wearing a wig that doesn't because that would be horrible it would be horrible that'd be treacherous um well thanks for sharing that with us caitlin but I just wanted to, I got distracted by her wig for a second. I am wearing a BYU shirt and these like sweatpants and horrible clothing because I got a spray tan today. I'm trying not to ruin it. And then Caitlin walks into my home 
with this fabulous big wig on, a cheetah print shirt, actual jeans, even though it's 11 o'clock at night. They're not buttoned anymore. I know, but like he still walked in like looking fabulous and I'm like, welcome to my home. <laughs> I'm wearing my husband's BYU shirt because that's all that fits me right now. My three-year-old dressed me. She did real good. She does, she does well. She did, she did well. real good. Anyway, um, how I got there, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> the hair flip. Yeah, so then there are some entrances that I just want to like continue to go over. Lacey. Lacey, who, to remind everyone, because I'm sure you forgot, um, Lacey was on Nick's season. She left on like night two or three, I think like night two. She was the annoying one during the mental all that like had to ask Nick a burning question was like, Nick, yeah, I have a question. Did you friend zone me? And Nick's like, I do not know who you are. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and Lacey comes on um, on the first episode and she's like, I'd rather be, I'm the camel girl. I'm the girl that came in on a camel. I'd rather be remembered for coming in on a camel than not at all. I'm like, uh got some bad news girl no one remembers you and i've mentioned this on the podcast before but lacey mark has always been like an enigma to me because she always gets screen time even though she never has anything like that interesting to say and like the commentary that she provides like isn't really like pot stirring but like they gave her so much time on the show so much time on mental all and i'm like why that's like so confusing a little bit digging. She's related to like an ABC. Okay, exec. I figured there had to be some sort of interconnection. Either someone was sleeping with someone somewhere, <laughs> or they were related. Nepotism always makes sense. Yeah. So it was just like really weird. But yeah, so then we get some extra cast, cast members come in. Um, we get Iggy, who I'm just already annoyed. We get Jasmine, I'm already annoyed. We get Matt, I'm intrigued. Vinny, why is he here? Nick, go home. Um, Diggy, Diggy can stay. I like his glasses. I like his glasses a lot. He's kind of got like that sexy, nerdy thing going on. Yeah. And who else? There's like a lot of people, but like no one that like really matters to me yet. Except for Alexis. Alexis came in and like that shark thing. She's just so fun. Oh, and Jack Stone. I think Jack Stone is going to be the Evan of this season. You know how Evan was, so? Evan was so weird on JoJo season, and then he, he came on so to Bachelor weird. in Paradise. Then he was just, like, less creepy. They really edited him in as being a lot less creepy, and, like, at the end, I had feelings for Evan. Like, with Carly. I was just okay, like, I'm like, mm, keep that. No. Like, <laughs> keep it. But really, though, like, like, what did they do to Evan? They made him portrayed as much less creepy, and so I'm interested to see what they do with Jack Stone this season. Yeah, but they have been playing up the serial killer thing, which I just wish that they would stop. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we see um, everybody come in, and then there is we get to see a little bit of Corinne's intro package, and Corinne meets with Chris Harrison, and Chris Harrison is like, do you have a boyfriend? I don't have a boyfriend. Which is like, haha, like we got you on film. You said that you don't have a boyfriend. Even though she did, and that was like a big reason for like the big scandal. Um, so I don't know, how do you feel? I guess like this could be the point where we just jump into some Corinne and Demario stuff from episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, and from here on out we're gonna get kind of out of chronological order. But 
how do you feel i guess i'll just say how i feel first i felt so uncomfortable on night one by the way that they handled it because first they showed these just it was so uncomfortable knowing what was going to happen. These uncomfortable in the moment interviews of like DeMario talking about how this is going to be his like re- redemption. Like this is his redemption story and like America is going to love him after this. And you're watching it and you're listening to this like, oh, he's going to get his like all these hopes are just going to be dashed because he's going to be falsely accused of like a heinous crime. Right. And then we get all the interviews of Corinne being like, I'm different now. I'm controlled. I'm going to control myself. I'm not going to drink that much. Like, and then she goes into all these the whole, things. Like, corn thing. Like, yeah. Corn doesn't do this. Men come for corn. And I'm like, mm. Mm, like mm, I'm pretty sure that you brought like a bouncy council, like, castle. Yeah. But I don't know. So I felt like really uncomfortable about how they handled that. They didn't need to show those interviews. They definitely had, I'm sure Lacey or Iggy would have provided them with enough content to fill that time. Because um, everyone just wants to see more of Lacey and Iggy. Um, said no one ever. Um, anyway, so we, Chris Harrison gets a group together. Then we get another amazing commentary from Lacey who's like, Chris Harrison wants to talk to all of us. You never know what it's going to be with him. Like, yeah, Lacey, you don't know because, like, you weren't there. <laughs> I feel like You were like, there for two episodes. I literally feel like she's, like, that awkward child whose, like, mom is in the PTA. And they get to do all these things at the assemblies and stuff. But mm-hmm. they're really just, like, weird. Yeah. That makes me sound terrible. I wasn't that, a nice kid in elementary. That is an amazing comparison. Um, one thing that I thought about the scandal um was okay we'll get we'll get to that later no well now i said it so no, i guess gotta, i have to finish the thought who this really sucks for <laughs> is lacy because you know how bad are so like not only did her grandpa die which is horrible we'll get to that not only did her grandpa die, but she missed all the drama, and you know that, that was, like, emotionally devastating to her, that she, like, couldn't go out and, like, sell an exclusive. She couldn't do anything. She couldn't have been like, well, I was there. Like, and then on night two, when they were having, like, their little powwow, and Lacey's like, well, I wasn't there. So someone fill me in. Like, you know that she's dying on the inside because she didn't get to be, like, in the room where it happened. Seriously, her fear of missing out was, like, not even fear of missing so out, like fear of like not being a part of something that could catapult her to like one percent more D list fame, below the D list. I, I would say D. that she, I would say that she's like L, yeah, L list. Um, D list is too high for Lacey. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to honor her. I'm being so mean to Lacey. She's a beautiful girl, and I'm very sad that her grandpa died. I'm very sad for her because that's. A, a bad situation to have that happen in TV. Um, anyway, Chris Harrison gathers everybody together. Lacey lets us all know that it could be good or bad. And then we learn that Jorge is now the owner and operator of Jorge's Torres. Mm-hmm. And he will no longer be the bartender, which means that Wells gets to be the bartender. Right. So can I talk about for a second how sad I am about Jorge leaving for one? 
You can, but like, aren't we just so proud of him for like I'm moving so on to bigger and better things? things? I'm so glad that they also let him like plug, plug his it in, yeah, and everything too, because Jorge has been just like a surrogate therapist this entire time, as most bartenders usually end up being, because mm-hmm. people show up at their bar and they are wanting to talk about things, drink yeah. things, so on and so forth. But like, Jorge, I feel like almost played a fatherly figure too the whole time too. Mm-hmm. Like he just kind of had this watchful eye, and he always knew. What was going on with everybody? So I'm so happy that Jorge has. And you could see on the internet like how much the cast loves him and stuff too. Um, crying, I'm sure it was like fake crying, but I'm so glad for Jorge. Yeah, I'm so glad. You will be missed. You will be missed, Jorge. But I can't wait to go to Mexico and go to Jorge's Jorge's. I've been Just to Puerto Vallarta like twice, so yeah. I'm so excited to go down there again and see what Jorge's Jorge's is. I'm gonna be honest. Unless somebody pays for it, I'm not going to Mexico. I don't think ever. I don't have any plans ever to, I don't know, I if I'm going on a vacation, I'd rather go to Hawaii or, like, Bahamas or something. Not that I've ever been, but, Bahamas like... Bahamas is fine. I mean, it's pretty. The Bahamas is pretty. Uh, so is Mexico. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard, so, I've heard so many horror stories, like, multiple people, like, my friends have gone there on their honeymoon, and, like, like, I've had a friend that, like, got a parasite while he was down there. Well, yeah, he probably he probably ate, like, beach food or something where the people are walking around with the mangoes. I'm like, I don't know why that mango was prepared. I'm not going to eat mm. your mangoes. My friend, um, she and her husband, this was, like, a while ago. Like, I used to, like, babysit for her. She, um, they went down there on their honeymoon, and I guess, like, all they could eat was, like, Pizza Hut pizza or something like that, or, like, Domino's or something, because, like, all the food was just making them sick. Then they found, like, an American chain. They're like, all right, we're just sticking with this. So that's what they ate, like, their whole honeymoon, I guess. Um, anyway, so, Wells is the new bachelor, which... The new bachelor? You mean the new bartender? Oh, the new bartender. Which brings me to my point of him being the potential next bachelor. This is a theory that Amanda Stanton said on the Morning Breath podcast last week. And it's kind of, like, shooken the Bachelor Nation airwaves a little bit. Because people um, are, like, so in love with the idea. So Amanda mentioned when someone asked, um, who do you think the next Bachelor will be? She said, you know what? I think that they brought Wells down as the bartender to kind of, like, garner, like, some, like, favor for him. Like, put him back in, like, the American, like, public eye. Have people fall in love with him again than making the new Bachelor. I'm here for it. Right. I am so here for it. And they made it very clear that Wells is off limits during this. They're like, Wells is not here for this, this, or this. And they reiterated that so many times throughout. And it sounds like he really got, like, a good deal out of it. He got to stay in a hotel. He got to keep his phone the whole time. He got to be in the air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Like, he... Wells is the winner of Paradise. Episode 2... We're two episodes in, and I'm already and ringing the like bell. And such a sweet guy, too. And he's like a hunk. He's like what people want. And that's what mm-hmm. um, people were saying. They're like, Wells is the kind of guy that I want. Yada, yada, yeah. yada. And I'm like, it's because America wants Wells. Mm-hmm. Listen to the other episode. So when this episode of the I Just Want Chat podcast is released, there will be a second episode released at the same time that I recorded um, with my friend Noah Robbins, where we did his bachelorette application he's somebody that i have like set up on so many dates over the years Mm -hmm. and he's a total wells like he's like handsome he's tall 
but he's like not like a beefhead like he is just like a like super like cool chill i wouldn't call him chill i would call him like go with the flow type guy and i've like tried to set him up with so many people and then it occurred to me i'm like he is wells he literally sounds like wells people will like go crazy over him like he has like a good like job or whatever he's gonna be good so we we sent him in for the bachelor tonight and i like recorded it so yeah check out that episode too if you want to see america's newest sweetheart or here not see you can see him if you look him up on facebook noah robbins um (laughs) or like look back at my instagram far enough um all right so i think it's time to talk about corinne and demario because we are still on let's talk about corinne and demario um okay real quick before we get into corinne demario because that's gonna be a long tangent um and i think that will just bring us into episode two just some more episode one things I want to go over just really quick. We had to hear from Iggy. Iggy is so annoying. Every time I have to hear from Iggy, like, seriously, my husband is usually upstairs playing his computer game because that's, like, mm-hmm. when I'm okay with him ignoring me. Yeah. Is when he's, when I'm watching Bachelor in Paradise. And anytime Iggy comes on the TV, I'm just like, ugh, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, is it that Iggy guy? And I'm like, yes, he has the worst hair. Like, who shaves one-third of their head? It's not even his hair. It's just his whole personality. Exactly. He feels... I'm going to relate this back to elementary school. He just feels like that whiny, tattletale kid Mm -hmm. who's going to go around and tell everybody secrets on things when it's not their place to do so. And so Iggy just, like, brings these obnoxious vibes to me, and I just can't handle... It's so obnoxious. can't handle it. And one of, like, the funniest moments of the night for me was when so Iggy was like doing his like introduction interview and he was like one of the girls I'm really interested in is Corinne she's life of the party I'm life of the party I think that we'd be a great match he like just wanted to be with Corinne so bad because like that would make him more famous and like the whole time I was thinking like Iggy not only is she like too good for you like you need to get some like low-hanging fruit like you are lucky to even get an invite to paradise stay the f away from Raven from Christina, from Corinne, especially, like, Amanda Stanton. If you even breathe in Amanda Stanton's, like, vicinity. Like, Lacey's basically his only chance. Like, Lacey, is liter- Lacey, Lacey is literally <laughs> low-hanging fruit. I'm so sorry, Lacey Mark. If, if you are listening to this podcast, please um, send me a hate tweet on social media so more people will listen to the podcast. um please give me what i want um anyway yeah that was so funny to me i'm like iggy sweetie i don't know like (laughs) have you ever seen that meme um of from like i love new york or it was like flavor of love where which one i've seen so many memes so it's that girl from flavor of love hottie who (laughs) i don't think i've seen who's like not really like a hottie but she um She's telling the girls, <laughs> she's like, my friends say that I look like Beyonce. And then <laughs> New York goes, Beyonce? And then she goes, Beyonce, sweetie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so that's, and then that's like a big meme on Twitter. But um, I was thinking, I'm like, after Iggy was like, I think me and Corinne would be a great match. I'm like, oh, Corinne, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
You do not deserve that. I'm so sorry that Iggy, like, associated himself with you. All right. Um, Christina gets the first date. Dean goes on the date with her. It's boring. Whatever. They kiss. They're cute, but won't last long. We see Taylor, Taylor and Derek. Um, that's cute. Whatever. I'm kind of, like, I have good feelings for them. I don't know how long I think that I think that they'll be, like, the Carly and Evan of the season. I think they could be, which is interesting to me because Taylor, she's, like, really young. And I know you and I are young and married and whatnot, but it's... it's There's a double standard of, like, okay, when I see my friends from... This is so horrible of me. I got married when I was 20 years old. I think I have the same double standard, so, like... I, I got married when I was 20 years old to a man that I dated for two months. And then I was engaged to him for, like, a month and a half. We've been married for, like, two years, and we have, like, a beautiful daughter and, like, a beautiful life together. But, like, not a traditional start. But when I see my friends on Facebook, like, my non-Mormon friends, like, from high school, it's a, a horrible double standard, and it's totally my fault. When I see them get engaged or get married on Facebook, I'm like girl are you effing you kidding so me young. like what are you doing like go go travel go to europe <laughs> I know. what are you doing i have that same double standard going on because i got married 20 years old mm-hmm. now granted my husband and i we had been together for like 18 months because you guys are normal people whatever. not normal just it mm-hmm. was just a different timeline for us and we've been married for almost five and a half years two beautiful mixed race babies just love me some little cocoa creamies. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, like, I'm not gonna lie. I see my non-Mormon friends getting married, and I'm just like, ooh, you are too young for this. And I'm 25. So I like, have, like, another double standard. Unless they're, like, in the military, then I'm like, okay, whatever. They're in the military. Like, that works out logistically. Like, right. the only way that they could like, live on base or whatever exactly. is, like, to have, like, a wife. And military <laughs> health benefits are really awesome. Yeah, so, like, I get it logistically. But, like, when my friends get married from high school, now I'm kind of getting to the point, like, we're, like, 22, 23, where I'm, like, okay, that's fine. But still, like, there's a double standard. Anyway, how did I get on this tangent? Um. Oh, you, d- Taylor is Taylor young. Taylor is only, like, a year older than me. Can you believe that? She seems way older than me, in my eyes. You know, it must be her emotional maturity. She's so much more emotionally intelligent than I am. If only I had a fifth of her um, maturity and powers. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. That was that was effing ridiculous. All right, it's Corinne and Demario time. Let's talk about Corinne and Demario. I'm cracking my neck. I'm stretching for this conversation. Corn and D. I am taking three deep breaths in. Just kidding, I'm not going to take three. That's going to be, like, really time-consuming. All right, what the F happened with Corinne and Demario? All right, so we Should see... we start with episode one? Yeah, so okay. we see them kind of be pushed together, I think. Right, because it was like, okay, so we're both here all of a sudden, and then we're, like, bumping and grinding within, like, five minutes. Yeah, and have you heard the reports that she... So there was a lot that they didn't show us that day. A lot. So Corinne, understandably, so Corinne first made out with Derek Peff. Oh. Then made out with Alex, I think it was. I think she made out with Alex. Is this all reality, Steve? Yeah. Okay. 
and confirmed by many other sources and then like bachelor contestants spoke out there like she was making out with multiple people that day like she was lucid she was drunk but like she knew what she was doing she was trying to make good tv and trying to be like the corinne character and this is not slut shaming this is a truthful retelling of the facts as we know them exactly because i don't believe in slut shaming yeah that's another double standard in this world I, I don't even want to step into that pool. No. But. Let's get our feet back out. This is not s- slut shaming. This is a retelling of the facts as we know them on the I Just Want Chat podcast. And Corinne's a good actress. Yeah. And Corinne was there. She had a boyfriend at home. She knew what she was doing. She had plans to have her own reality show on Freeform. The plans were already in the works. This was good TV for her. This was her building her brand, making out with these boys, which is fine. You're allowed to make out with whoever you want to, as long as it's consensual, which in this case it was. Exactly. I was not there, but I am, again, based on the facts as I know them. So Corinne, um, Corinne and Demario are together, and we don't see much, but we see them hanging out, they're in the pool. They try to show us like this pool scene, but we know that that's not the actual pool scene that got no, the show shut down. The pool scene that we all heard about. For one, I think the pool scene that we heard about was in the dark. And this was very much still daylight. And that's what some people said, but um, all the like official reports I've seen was that it happened in daylight. Daylight, too. Mm-hmm. But it happened like more in the hot tub. Yeah, no, because um, Demario was still really. He was really with he was it. Really lucid. Yeah, they so. weren't blackout drunk at this point. So no. like they showed us this pool scene to try to make like to the uneducated eye. And like Corinne was not really. Drunk. Yeah, like oh, like this is what they're freaking out about. Exactly. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that of Bachelor in Paradise at all, um, or like the Bachelor franchise. I didn't like them showing that little scene with like Alex's commentary to try to make it seem like, oh, Alex was right there the whole time. Like he didn't stop anything either. It was weird. Alex straight up even said, I normally don't stay around and watch these things, but... Yeah. I'm like, really? Come on. But so, we see, like, a little bit of them, and then it cuts to the next day, and then, like, they, like, acknowledge each other. Like, we see them, like, getting breakfast in, like, a big group, and then Corinne is off with Vinny. Demario is off with, like, Alexis. Like, it happened. They're done. Like, mm-hmm. nothing really happened. And then production gets shut down. I'm going to skip Carly and Evan's wedding right now. And then we're just going to get back to that later. But then on to episode two. Episode opens up with Chris Harrison catching us back up to speed, explaining what we're going to see, which is him sitting down with the cast, having a... Sex ed talk? Basically, having like an after-school special talk um, about what happened. He's making sure that that they want to stay. And then... It cuts to that talk. So they walk everybody in, and there's a lot to digest. I wish I had, like, a transcript of it, but I think that we'll just go over the highlights. One highlight that I want to go over first is everybody there was – all of the cast was present. Lacey Mark was able to come back. Um, Welcome back, Lacey. Welcome back, Lacey. So glad that Iggy gets his rose now. Did you hear Iggy was, like – guess i don't get my rose now yeah yeah and then that was one of the messages i sent you. yeah like, did you just hear iggy <laughs> like, 
and then when he told everyone he's like her grandma died not even her grandma like he wasn't even listening no. to her no it was her grandma yeah. died, and it was her grandpa yeah was- <laughs> so dumb <sighs> iggy anyway so everyone is back chris harrison has a talk with them where they talk about what happened but they never show us exactly the show never explicitly tells us what the investigation was really about they didn't really say the words like sexual misconduct but some things i wanted to touch on i think it's very telling who they allowed to talk i think that these were scripted bullet points that were given to some of the cast members like Taylor. Taylor seemed to be narrating a lot of the conversation. But Taylor is like so educated. She's looked at as one of the more educated members of the show. So it makes sense that they had her talk. I mean, she does have a master's degree in mental health. Yeah. So like they probably assume that she's... And she's someone that doesn't drink on the show. Mm-hmm. So she was a perfect spokesperson for... I, I've never been offered alcohol on the show except by like a cast member, which I thought was kind of funny. The only time I've ever liked Jasmine was when she said that. Um, and then we hear, um, from Diggy and Diggy is one of the ones that addressed race as a black man, as a black man. So like he filled that role. Raven is leading the discussion basically as a past victim, as a past victim of sexual assault. So like, it's very calculated who we're hearing from. You can tell dean who was very vocal about racial issues on his season or as vocal as i think that they let him be sorry i just like moved the mic on accident um as vocal as they would let him be was so silent during this because he's a potential bachelor candidate and they don't want his name even tied up in this at all any of that amanda stanton silent not a word from her it was very, very, very telling. They let Jasmine speak a little bit as a black woman. I think that that's... A little and bit, but when, not so much. And when she was saying, like, I pictured my brother being, like, accused of something like this. So I think it was very, very telling of production of, like, who they allowed to speak, the bullet points that they gave them. So funny, even though it was stated... They make it sound like this is all scripted. And I was like, well, that just sounds scripty, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? I saw a really funny tweet that said, like, um, it was quoting Taylor or Lacey or somebody. And it was like, production never makes us do anything we don't want to do except for this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's so true. Um, Yeah, so... Some people were predictably silent. Some people were surprisingly silent. Raven said some really strong things. I don't know if you like saw her like tweets and stuff defending Demario like Mm-mm. days after the event. She was very vocal. She was like, "What's happened here is a false accusation against a black man perpetrating an alleged crime against a white female." Do you think they're having Raven also partly speak out against it more because she she's the darling of the show. She's the darling of the show, but she's also a southern white woman. She's a southern white woman. She is a best friend of Rachel, which I don't think should go unnoticed. Nope, definitely. She's Rachel's best friend. Like it's it was all so calculated. 
everything that Chris Harrison said, like, had, like, a comma after it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was that moment where Chris Harrison said, do you think race has anything to do with this? And everyone was looking around. They're like, well, and then I think it took Diggy saying yes. And then everyone was like, yes, I do think race was a part of it. Like, everyone was wondering how much they were allowed to say. Exactly. So, like, what's your thoughts on, not on the situation, but on the conversation with... The conversation made me feel really uncomfortable. Do you think that they handled it properly? I don't. I really feel like they had an opportunity here to, like, truly discuss more. And I know that Raven at the end did say, I hope that this doesn't keep anybody from reporting any sort of sexual abuse that may happen to them. Mm Mm-hmm. But I feel like this almost set it up to where it only perpetuated further the current culture that we have and the culture that's always been around of victim shaming. Mm -hmm. And that being said, I don't know what happened Mm -hmm. where anywhere. But the way that it was written off was obviously trying to save face, but then at the same time to have it tied in with a racial conversation, it's almost like they picked what on TV would look worse. Was it going to be the sexual assault that looked worse? Or, or was it going to be a potential issue. racial thing? Mm-hmm. And right now, unfortunately, race is seen as the more negative Hot thing. Button, because up, yeah. of Exactly. Because of political correctness and everything. And sexual assault is always something that's just kind of been swept under the rug in society. Mm-hmm. Now, again, like we said, with our facts that we have, we don't necessarily know what happened. Mm-hmm. But that being said... The racial conversation never really even needed to be brought up in this situation. Well, I think that's... I mean, I I can't speak... Like, I don't know. I don't know. You're... A lot of it goes back to... Like, I'm just going to be very... I'm going to be very blunt. Like, you're... Like, as, like, a black woman, like, you're the person that's, like, affected by racial conversations being handled poorly. As, like, a white woman, I'm not as... (laughs) <laughs> no no like and i totally mean it like i yeah. like i'm sitting here i'm like no like they definitely needed to like have like this conversation about race even if it was handled handled poorly like at least said like like at least they had it but like as a white woman like i am not personally damaged i'm emotionally affected like i like i see mm-hmm. things handled poorly then i feel sad but it does not affect my day-to-day life and other people's perception of me when conversations about race are handled poorly by others I mean, does like, that make sense yeah it does make sense okay. in my life i have experienced racism mm-hmm. multiple times like my family we grew up in a small town and um like we were attacked by we were attacked attacked you were attacked i'm <laughs> we were so attacked. sorry for you <laughs> we were our house was targeted by our local neo-nazis just because they knew where we lived they were picking on us that sort of thing and, like, I went to college in a really small Utah town, mm-hmm. dealt with, like, racist white farmer guys who, like, didn't even look at me as a human. Like, I've, I've dealt with racism off and on and everything, and I feel like this was, race at this point was an unnecessary plug. Now, obviously, with Corinne being who she is, I'm not slut-shaming at all in this But situation. how do they talk about the situation Without addressing race, because do you do you agree th- or disagree that race had some? I agree that race scandal. did have something to do with the scandal because it was taken advantage of in the situation. And could you 
do you agree with the potential perspective that the producer that witnessed this sexual misconduct happen, alleged sexual misconduct, do you agree with the notion that she possibly felt uncomfortable about it because it was a black man and a white woman? Absolutely. And she and she assumed that the white woman was coerced into. Absolutely. And so, like, where it comes to me with the racial with the racial conversation being unnecessary is that it never should have been an issue in the first place with the whole story from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that the producer who saw things and maybe felt uncomfortable because it was a black man and everything and that she saw things as more aggressive, that just goes to further perpetuate what we're seeing in society with black people still being under attack with so many things. And I think for a long time, a lot of people were colorblind, floating along. But now that it's surfacing more and more with today's society and our culture and now that we we say so much more than we used to nobody's really quiet anymore we have so many avenues and mediums to be vocal about things that the issues that people thought were gone are now back mm-hmm. and so with this whole happening with demario and corinne the racial conversation it shouldn't have been an issue from the start but now it is and so now there's this whole conversation that has been started and there's this whole sex ed talk mm-hmm. with Chris Harrison and all the cast members and the very carefully calculated individuals who were talking about the subject and everything, just trying to get us to feel more comfortable. And honestly, there's a lot of times in life where I have felt, I don't almost want to say just like kind of shut up by mm-hmm. things, just like. Here's the information. We're going to smooth it over with this, this, and this, and shh, everything's going to be good. Yeah. I feel like they almost did that with the cast members that they chose to have speak during Chris's sex ed talk was, we're going to level this out and make sure that everybody who's talking is supposed to relate to somebody in some way mm-hmm. with both sexual like when and Like when Taylor was like the one that was selected to talk about what does consent mean, where Taylor's like verbal, or there could be verbal consent, which is la 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 la, or there could be non-verbal consent, which is la 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 la. Exactly. Yeah, and then Diggy as, again, the black, the black man, man, saying, if you have something to drink, and if you guys both are drunk, and consent means this and that way and stuff, I don't know, like, I feel like it was handled poorly. I wish that they had brought in a specialist. I think so. Taylor I wish they count as a specialist. Taylor does not count as a specialist when she was not the person leading the discussion. Exactly. So yeah, I felt uncomfortable about that, and I one more thing, and then we have to like kind of wrap it up. But one more thing I wanted to say that I wish that they had addressed was they brought up the fact that Corinne released that vague statement saying, "I'm a victim." Which I had interpreted as, because Corinne was never one that made the claim of sexual misconduct. No. It was a producer. That came out much later. Yeah. So Corinne said I was a victim. I interpreted that as I'm the person that's affected by this whole scandal. Like, I am the victim mm-hmm. by this thing blowing up. Exactly. That's what I interpreted as, yeah. too, when I... But when the headlines grab, I am a victim, I am a victim. And so they address that kind of on the show, but I wish that they had just said, and they didn't, I wish that they had just said, I, or Corinne was not the person that made this claim. It was by a producer. And that's why where they messed up by not 
explaining the situation. I just don't understand why they didn't explain the situation. They explained that they did a third-party investigation and that kind of stuff, but they thought, I don't know. I was disappointed by the conversation. If we'll this had happened with a white male cast member, I always I've been none of this yeah. would have been like anything. Production wouldn't have been shut down. Blind Eye would have been turned. Corinne may have come out and said later on, I was a victim, and it may have been, I truly was a victim Mm -hmm. of something. And then slap on the wrist, brushed under the rug sort of thing. But it's a conversation that's a hot topic right now. I think that it was like the perfect storm for controversy. It couldn't Mm -hmm. have happened to two worst people on the cast. Like, I think all the time, like, if that was, like, from, like, the slut-shaming angle, what if it was, like, not that Raven counts as more of a person than Corinne. I'm just saying with public perception. What if it was Corinne, or what if it was Demario and Raven? Mm -hmm. What would the story have been there? Because the story when Corinne came out, they were like, she didn't consent. Did you see what she did with Nick in the bouncy castle? Did you see her putting whipped cream on her boobs and having him lick it off? Like, Corinne is not a like a nice girl she definitely pursued this and then with demario all those like horrible things that people were saying and i kept thinking like what if it was dean and christina like what if they were like both like sloppy drunk and the producer saw it like would it have blown up to the same magnitude and i just i don't believe that it would i don't know but we could talk about the subject to death for days but that's kind of where they leave it with Corinne and Demario. They do bring up the break a couple more times when people are like, when they're talking about relationships that have formed. And then I guess just to catch everyone up to speed, Corinne and, or not Corinne, oh my goodness, Christina and Dean, um, they are still a couple. They traveled together for like 10 days, which I thought was like really cute. So they're like semi-solid. Taylor and... Um, Derek are a solid couple, and that's basically it. We have Jasmine and Matt, but like they have their weird thing. Um, I I don't even have the time nor energy to get into that. <laughs> if if you really care about Jasmine and whatever she's doing with whomever, I'm not, like, her go fan at all. go tune into like a different podcast or something. I don't know. Or I I'm sure even just call her up. She would love to talk about it. Um. But, yeah, then we get a weird fight from Dean and Christina, which, again, is them putting editing in Dean's favor, I think, because they had this blowout fight, and we didn't see why. It was just Christina saying, you don't communicate. Why don't you communicate? Um, You're the one that doesn't communicate. And then Christina's, like, sobbing to Wells. There was something left out there that we don't even know. And that goes to show that they're trying to give them a really good edit. Um. Yeah, then I guess the only thing else to mention is we could leave this on a happy note. Evan and Carly's wedding, that was nice. I liked the wedding nice. montage in the beginning. I just I felt like that episode went on for hours, and the wedding segment went on for hours. I'm glad that they got their own little wedding thing. Just a quick side note, I went into Forever Twenty One a couple days ago I've actually been there twice in the last couple days because I've been trying to find cute outfits for like our anniversary weekend this weekend and there were pom-poms on everything like like those like little like cute like fuzzy pom-poms on like all these shirts and all these things and I'm like 
is that what the kids are wearing nowadays? Because every time I go into Forever 21, I'm like, what's happening? Neons. Like, we're wearing neons now? Why aren't any of these things covering people's shoulders? Why is everything off the shoulder? I love Old Navy. I know, but I just wanted, like, something, like, cheap, like, a cheap little, like, cute dress or something. But then I watched Evan and Carly's wedding, and they had pom-poms all over their wedding. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is just a huge trend now. Okay. Like, (laughs) that was my takeaway. And you know what? Darn it, I'm going to succumb to the trend. I bought some pom-pom earrings. (laughs) (laughs) I bought pom-pom and tassel earrings. But that was my thought when I was watching Carly and Evan's wedding. I was like, all right. So it's not just a little Forever 21 trend. This is a real thing that we're going to be dealing with. And their storyline was cute. Their little wedding thing was They're cute. cute. I thought it was cute, cute that Evan won't show his kids. Yeah. I, that actually I commend that. Is, I commend that highly. Did you know that Evan is like fallen? His erectile dysfunction clinics are crazy su- successful. And there's like a Bachelor Insider that said that Carly didn't like Evan and then found out that Evan has a Maserati on Paradise and then kind of like changed her tune a little bit. Interesting. But yeah, I guess he has like a Lamborghini and a Maserati and like, and he's very, very rich and very, very successful. like really well off to be able to come and say, I help people have boners. Yeah. But like he has like a, he has like a large chain of erectile dysfunction clinics. So he really is. And people are willing to pay top dollar if they can't have sex. Oh, they really are. Yeah. They really are. It's nuts. All right. (laughs) Well, on On that note, it's midnight. My baby's probably going to wake up in an hour and a half. and My contacts are falling out of my eyes. Mine probably already woke up. You're welcome to come over here every night to to miss (laughs) the wake up and make your husband do it. Um, Caitlin... Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me on. It was fun. I just want to take a moment, and I asked Caitlin if she would like to plug this, but she said no, and I'm going to make her do it anyway because I think that the product that she sells is actually, like, legitimately cute. If you know me, if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm a little anti-MLM. I'll wear lip sense if I think it's cute. I, I'm very, like... I'm anti-MLM as to I don't like the promises that a lot of MLMs make people. But Caitlin is involved in a cool one that I just want her to, like, kind of plug for a second because it's legitimately a cool product that's, like, not going to ruin your life if you buy it. Like, it's not, like, a super expensive thing. So, Caitlin sells Color Street Yep, I sell Color Street Nails. I'm currently wearing some really super glittery ones. They are really cute. Yeah, and for me, just, like, my main focus of, because I work, too. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm a super busy person. I just like to be busy a lot. But the main focus of my direct sales profits has always been towards my nonprofit organization that I have. And I know a lot of people, they come out and they're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do, and yada, yada, yada. But, like, I'm actually doing it. And mm-hmm. it's been really nice to be able to have this as something that I can put towards it. And so, like, the nails, it's just something fun, and it gets the conversation started. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, I don't know. 
it's just nice to have something that's going to stay on my hands, look super cute. Can you, like, say, like, what, like, the product is? Oh, yeah. So, they're, they're 100%. <laughs> so, like, that sounds, like, real nice, but, like, yeah. what the heck is it? So, they're 100% nail polish strips on your nails, and they're just super fun, brightly colored. Are they, like, jamberries? Um, no, in, in a sense, kind of, but there's no cutting, no heating or anything. It's just peel, stretch, and stick onto your nails. It's a super easy, quick process. I put it on my fingernails. I put it on my three-year-old's fingernails. It just goes really well, and it's long-lasting. Lasts up to two weeks, sometimes more. It looks like, like, they can fit on my little munchkin fingernails. I have little tiny, tiny nails, and uh, they work on me, and... Yep. They work on, like, nails of all types. So I have super long nail beds, if, and they still, like, work on mine, too. If you are interested in these nail strips, yep. is that an appropriate term for them? Nail strips. You can find Kate's Instagram on... Colored by Kate. Uh, colored by Kate on Instagram. Um, and she also has a Facebook group, which is... It's... Colored by Kate, Caitlin's VIPs. It's really long. Just you know what? Just find, just, just find the Instagram. Instagram. Everything leads you back. Um, yeah. All right. So, Caitlin, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go home to your husband. I'm yeah, going to go see. try to grab an hour of sleep before Piper wakes up. And <laughs> she, we've been really trying to like keep her in her crib because I've like co-slept until she was oh, like six and a half months. Every, like every night. And I still just bring her in for, like, the second half of the night. But now she's, like, rolling off the bed, like, a couple times a week. And then she's just so heartbroken every time she does it. I'm heartbroken. I'm like, I'm going to get CPS called on me, pipes. Come on. Stop rolling off the bed. Um, All right. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here so much. And I really enjoyed your insight. Thank you. It was great. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have such a great week. Make sure to listen to the extra episode that I did with Noah Robbins where we submitted him for The Bachelorette. It's a really good listen. And make sure to find me on Twitter at, at @maryperson, and you can also find me on Instagram at, at @maryperson_art. And yeah, that's all we got. Thank you so much. Have a good day.